Regulators. You regulate any stealing of his property. We're damn good, too. But you can't be any geek off the street. Gotta be handy with the steal, if you know what I mean. Earn your keep. You're tuned in to Your Access Has Been Granted Podcast. Join the regulators weekly to mount up on topics focusing on developing self while exploring hot topics, culture, and music. Here's your host, Brittany Leary. Regulators! Mount up! Regulators! <laughs> funny to me because that's really how it goes in my head so I just say it out loud welcome to episode six of your access has been granted podcast I am your host Brittany Leary I am on episode six I am I'm on episode six today is going to be a quickie episode we are going to go over some of the resources that have been mentioned in episodes one through five there are multiple books apps and resources and interventions and models that were mentioned. So I wanted to come to you in one quick episode to compile all of those resources because I am still learning how to present those in content, whether it is okay to just put it in show notes. So if I need to produce content for social media or the website. So as I go, be patient with me. But as of right now, I felt like this was the best way for me to compile the resources that have been mentioned throughout episodes one through five. Before we get into our resources, I wanted to make sure I remind you guys to rate, review, and share the podcast. The podcast is now available on all major platforms. Apple Music and Spotify seems to be my two largest listening platforms. So I will create those two tutorials this week on how to get on the podcast show share, rate, and review it with your peers so that we can grow our regulated community. So the first set of resources that we are going to go over is books. The first book and resource that we are going to mention is The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. In The Four Agreements, he reveals the source of self-limiting beliefs and how they have been able to steal our joy, per se, and created needless suffering throughout time. The Four Agreements also offers a powerful code of ethics that can rapidly transform our lives, specifically into personal freedom, true happiness, and love. The majority of the reason why I really, really enjoyed The Four Agreements and have been able to live by it since I read it was because it was simple. He didn't make it hard. He didn't try to talk over anyone's head. He simplified these codes of conduct and made it understandable to most. I feel like the book is of understanding and transformation. So it resonates with me for those two reasons. It made me understand some things and it helped me transform my thinking almost immediately. No, the changes didn't happen immediately, but the thought processes started to go immediately after I finished the book. So just a little highlight, just a little, uh, just wanted to take a moment to go over the four agreements really quickly. The first one is be impeccable with your word. The highlights and being impeccable with your word agreement is speaking with integrity. Say only what you mean. Avoid using a word to speak against yourself or to gossip about others and use the power of your word in the direction of truth and love. So the biggest takeaway that I took away from 
being impeccable with your words is that my negative self-talk was actually hindering me and creating a suffering that was needless. That was my biggest takeaway. And I'm always looking at me first before I look at others. Then the gossiping about others and speaking against myself and just speaking with integrity and wanting to speak words of life and love versus me speaking negative on myself and others was my biggest takeaway from the first agreement. The second agreement, don't take anything personally. Those highlights in that agreement is nothing others do is because of you. That was first. The second one was what others say and do is a projection of their own reality and their own dream. And three, when you are immune to the opinions and actions of others, you won't be the victim of needless suffering. And I feel like (sighs) that one was major for me and it still is on a day-to-day basis because I think I took a lot personally previously before I started this self-discovery journey. And the perceptions of others used to affect me a lot. Once I understood that the perception of others was basically based off their beliefs and their values and their morals and how they felt inside their head, I took more time to make sure that I was not projecting on others what I believed and what I felt based on what they said and what they did. I hope that makes sense. Because a lot of times we will take on how other people's view of us affects them. And think that it's something that we have to fix. Sometimes, yes, sometimes people are telling you things that you need to look a little deeper in. And hopes that you feel like, yo, I'm hurting others, so I may need to fix this. But a lot of times, especially when your intentions are good and you are doing things out of love. And people perceive it differently. That lets you know that they are dealing with things. And they are perceiving things from their point of view. Everybody has that right. I swear to God, I don't care. (laughs) I don't care anymore. I used to care a lot, but I swear to God, I don't care about the perception of others as much as I used to because I know that generally, I continuously work on being better. I always, always make sure that I take my time and I speak about what I'm saying and I make sure that I know exactly why I'm saying it and how I'm saying it. Whether I be wrong or right, I can always tell you why and what I said. And if I said it once, I'll say it again. So being impeccable with their word has helped me to be confident in who I am and what I have said and what I didn't say and what I meant and didn't mean. And also not taking things personal has also helped me be confident in that as well, because now I don't take on the perception of others based on their values and beliefs because I'm solid in what my values and beliefs are and I allow them to be who they are. And I respect if people will respect my boundaries and allow me to be who I am. The third agreement, don't make assumptions. Find the courage to ask questions and to express what you really want. The second takeaway out of that is communicate with others as clearly as you can to avoid misunderstandings, sadness, and drama. C, or the third takeaway from out of the third agreement, don't make assumptions, is with just this one agreement, you can completely transform your life. My biggest takeaway from don't make assumptions was the expectations of others. I feel like a lot of times in situations, we assume that people should know a thing or we assume that people perceive things the same that way that we do. Or we even assume that it's necessary for us to be in the middle of misunderstanding, sadness and on drama based on communication. When we can be clear and concise, 
We can ask questions with confidence. Ask people questions. If there is a problem or if you feel a way, ask questions for clarity and understanding. Don't ask questions to impose your perception and beliefs and values on others. Ask questions so that you can understand their perceptions, beliefs, and values. Be respectful. That's the biggest issue. Like, Be respectful of others' ideas, thoughts, values, and beliefs. The fourth agreement is always do your best. In our last episode, we talked about doing your best. The two takeaways from out of the fourth agreement, always do your best, is your best is going to change from moment to moment. It will be different when you are healthy as opposed to sick. And the second takeaway is under any circumstances, simply do your best and you will avoid self-judgment, self-abuse, and regret. Self-judgment, self-abuse, and regret. Regret is a month of, mm-hmm. I don't know why I bleep that out, but regret will kill you. I'd rather move forward and fail than sit and regret. And I think that before I process always doing my best and how it changes from my mood and my physical abilities and my emotional abilities, my best can look different each time. Before I understood that concept, I sat and self-regret. I continuously self-abused and self-judged. So with the combination of all four of those agreements, I hope that you can see how transformative it can be to your life and helping you understand others as well. The second book is just to piggyback off of that one. The second book is the Four Agreements companion book. And the companion book is the Four Agreements, but it does come with additional work So in between each paragraph or major point, the four agreements provides you with exercises and assessments and various parts of the book to help you work through the self-limiting beliefs, the needless suffering, and it helps bring you closer to awareness and your authentic self. You'll make new agreements that will help you find personal freedom and make new agreements with yourself and others. Um, My biggest takeaway from the companion book was the word. Like you can read a book, Some people, again, comprehension. Some people may comprehend and apply it immediately. Others may not. I feel like the companion book is for those who may not have immediately comprehended it and applied it, whether it be because of the moments in time or where they are in their life, if they weren't ready to even be transformed to find personal freedom at that time. I feel like the companion book is a great book for you because now you will be able to have workbooks type questions and answers and assessments in between these paragraphs and these points in the book that will help you assess yourself and get you closer to self-awareness. Our third book that was mentioned, I believe it was mentioned in episode two, was The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen R. Covey. I probably, I mess up names all the time, but don't, don't, don't bother. Highlights aligning one's values with so-called universal and timeless principles. In this book, Stephen refers to values as being internal and subjective and principles as he sees it as external natural laws. So the basis of that book is to take our values, which governs our beliefs and our behaviors, while principles determine our consequences. So he tries to combine them to and align them together. And seven habits of highly effective people. The next set of resources that we're going to go over is apps that I use on a daily basis to kind of help me stay on track. Because again, this self-discovery journey, this self-awareness journey is a daily struggle. 
the more you try to do better, the more you are challenged. So I do try to implement daily activities and routines that could help me stay on task and stay on top of what I'm supposed to be doing for myself. The self-awareness and the self-discovery journey is for me. It may help others, but it is for me. So I try my best to stay on top of my routine. Um, the gist of the pattern app is it customized in-depth insights into your various personality traits. And it provides an informative breakdown of notable cycles you may be experiencing at any point in the past, present, or future. So just to give you a little bit of insight into what my pattern looks like for this upcoming season, I'm going to read just a little bit of what pattern provides for me as far as articulating what I may be going through because sometimes you know how you could feel something but you're not quite sure what it is pattern has given me a in-depth insight into those things that I feel but don't understand so it has given me a resource for me to be like huh so you say and then I take the time to go and research I do a lot of self-assessments to see if these are the things that I'm actually experiencing and nine times out of ten I mean, I, I I don't like 100%, but 10 times out of 10, pattern be on point. It be on point so much that when you're going through rough times and challenges, you be mad as hell when you get them notifications. I know friends that done deleted it because they be telling them too much truth, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Just to give you a little bit of insight into what pattern looks like for me today, I am in a current cycle of unique and deep. It says, at your best, you're not afraid to stand out and express your unique innovative perspective you're incredibly independent and objective and able to see clear solutions to complex problems listen if you go and read some of that stuff on my website that's exactly what my purpose is you can channel your unusual and provocative viewpoint in a way that enlightens people and expands their minds that's why i created this podcast by feeling your emotions and accepting the illogical, you're able to translate the chaos of life into a remarkable contribution. Ain't we been talking about chaos, but making it saucy? Okay. Alternatively, when you're struggling, you feel alienated, like nobody understands you. You may start to doubt your mind and your brilliant, unconventional ideas. You could fear being different and become anxious and depressed. Last episode, we talked about me repressing my feelings and how I develop mild anxiety and depression because of those feelings that I was repressed. That is a direct reflection of where I was. I'm going to read that again just so that you can compare the two. When you're struggling, you feel alienated, like nobody understands you. You may start to doubt your mind and your brilliant, unconventional ideas you could fear being different and become anxious and depressed. These are things that I've shared with you and I've shared with you how I got there. Or instead of repressing yourself, you might over-identify with being a contrarian and become skeptical of anything sentimental. You might consider intense emotions or reactions to be beneath you. And I've also experienced that. That was me, again, repressing my feelings. The negative self-talk was developed from this mind state. You start to become skeptical of anything sentimental, anything that looks like love, anything that feels like love but challenge was a problem for me. So anything that had any intense emotions or reactions, it was beneath me. And it really wasn't beneath me, but I pretended like it was. You understand what I'm saying? It says you may want to feel a sense of freedom to be able to embrace how different and unique you are. But there are periods of struggle in your life when it feels like you're being put 
through trials for no clear reason. This energy may have been stronger when you were younger, or it might be something you're still dealing with. It can feel overwhelming, but the intention is to take you deeper. Your life and how you define yourself is a constant state of transformation. Just when you think you've leveled off and found clarity, something disruptive happens that penetrates your defenses and sense of control. You may have a fear of trusting your own mind and your brilliant unconventional ideas, believing you're not smart or practical enough. You wish you were more like everyone else. I used to, but now I am okay with being one of the few. I understand that my perception is different and I understand that my beliefs and values are different, but I know that I also put a lot of work into figuring that out. So me being different from others because of that, I'm okay with it now. There might be an underlying, even unconscious fear of being different. That is dangerous to be an outsider. In response to this dynamic, you may feel triggered and emotional reactive, or you might internalize what you feel and be scared to truly share yourself. You remember I said it took me a while to get to the point to where I'm like, okay, I'm going to share with the world because I was questioning myself for a very long time. So I just wanted to give you insight into what pattern looks like for me and how it describes me. If you've been listening to the podcast, you could understand that a lot of that makes sense. If you know me personally, you will be able to identify that a lot of that makes sense. So it is a very valuable resource for me on a daily basis. And it's something that I continuously use. The next app is the Chopra app. And it's specifically for meditation and well-being. My friend Nakia that was on episode two, she actually introduced me to Deepak a few years ago. Deepak Chopra and this is his app and when she introduced it to me it was a 21 day free meditation with Oprah he does these every few months I participate in almost every time the app also offers daily updates now which I feel like is so cool so let's just see what this week's dailies look like I did go in and look at it. Let's go see. Let's go see. Y'all with me? Let's go see. All right. So this week's dailies, starting with tomorrow. Oh, wait. What is today? Today is the 26th or tomorrow the 26th? Whatever day the 26th. Non-attachment. Practice non-attachment in daily life. The 27th. Generosity is what we work it on. Allow your heart to extend in generosity. April 28th. Participate in your healing. Become a willing participant in your own healing. April 29th, lighten up. Find the lightness of being in daily life. April 30th, freedom. Invite freedom into your life in mind, body, and spirit. May 1st, Saturday intuition. Learn to trust your gut feeling. And May 2nd, Sunday purpose. Explore finding your true purpose in life. So each day, I log into the app or I, I open the app and I have these little things to work on every day. That gives me insight and gives me a little tidbit of information to process throughout the day. All right. The third set of resources that I wanted to present is the different models that we talked about using while going through your processes. The first episode that we mentioned this was on episode three with me and Alexis Lockhart, who was KJ's girlfriend. We lost KJ in 2019. So grief was something that brought us together. And we kind of worked through grief together. The seven stages of grief was an important thing for us to both understand in order to process what we were going through and be comfortable with giving ourselves grace when we felt certain feelings and were subject to certain ideas and thoughts. So in that process, the biggest takeaway for me 
for the seven stages of grief was me allowing myself to be in whatever stage I was in and understanding that grief wasn't just for the loss of the family member. It was easily loss of relationship with me and my dad. It was easily losing opportunities, losing a home. It was easily, it could easily be anything for you. If you lose something, no matter what it is, big or small, if to you, it was important, you could grieve that. So the seven stages of grief work in multiple life areas and multiple areas of loss. And it is a very effective model to use just to go over it really quickly. The seven stages look like shock, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, testing, and acceptance. Those are the seven stages. Today, just as a check-in, I think I'm still in this stage of change when it comes to grief with KJ. I am continuously finding a way to move forward. So as of right now, I'm still in the acceptance stage just as a little check-in for you guys. The second model that we spoke of in episode four, which was Extend Grace to Others, that we Dedicated to DMX, I had my god sister Mimi on. We talked about addiction and what addiction looks like from the inside, from someone who's actually struggling with the addiction and how it affects the family on the other side. Um, in that particular episode, we talked about the stages of change. I work in addiction. So in addiction, we use that literally it's a part of criteria for us to use that with the patients to track their behavioral changes for us and them to have a model to follow. Um, the stage of change looks like first the pre-contemplation stage where you act like you don't have a problem because you're not even affected by consequences. Um, the second stage of change looks like um, contemplation. In the contemplation stage, you're starting to admit to yourself that you have a problem, but you're not sure what to do next. In the third stage, preparation, you're starting to prepare yourself for action. You're starting to prepare yourself mentally, physically, emotionally to continue on to the next level, which is the action stage. In this stage, you're actually involved in different activities and practices to get you to the point to where you're continuously working on your goals. The maintenance stage is you actively doing these things in a ritual and routine and then there's always a relapse stage there's always room to be challenged and to mess up and to start over again my biggest takeaway from the stages of change is that I've worked in multiple fields and in each field that stage of change applies I've used it for myself when it comes to certain life areas because at the end of the day I'm trying to make behavioral changes. So if I'm trying to make behavioral changes, the stages of change can work for me too. The third and last resource that we mentioned in the last episode with Christina the Champ, as we talked about doing our best, was a smart goals template. This is the most effective template for me and productivity. So I wanted to share this one really quickly before we got out of here. SMART is an acronym. The S stands for specific. What do you want to accomplish? Why do you want to accomplish this? What are the requirements and what are the constraints? In the ESCO, when I work with clients one-on-one, I implement the SWOT analysis in this part of the SMART goal implementation. The SWOT analysis evaluates your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and what threatens those opportunities. And the M stands for measurable. How will I measure my progress? How will I know when the goal is accomplished? You want to put a time frame on it. You want to be able to measure it, whether it be by pounds, by activities, by wins, by losses, whatever it is, it needs to be measurable. A is achievable or attainable. How can the goal be accomplished? 
what are the logical steps I should take? That part of it is us creating small steps to get to the goal, the action steps. The R is relevant. Is this a worthwhile goal? Is this the right time? Do I have the necessary resources to accomplish this goal? And is this goal in line with my long-term objectives? Being relevant and relatable is necessary when you're creating goals because if it doesn't align with your mission and your vision and your personal core values, then it's not going to align with your goals. And the last letter in SMART is T, time phase. How long will it take me to accomplish this goal? When is the completion of this goal due? And when am I going to work on this goal? Very specific about when, how, and what. So that is our last resource. I will have content created for you guys and uploaded on my Instagram and the website. Maybe both, maybe one or the other. Please be patient with me as I figure out the best way to present information to you guys outside of the podcast. It is a struggle for me, just being honest, because the Instagram I like for entertainment, I've never attempted to use it for business. So this is new for me. I am getting help. I'm getting help. I'm receiving help from people around me. I pay for services to help me advance in this area. So (laughs) hold on with your girl. She gonna get it right. She gonna get it right. I hope this episode was resourceful for you. If you have questions as always, please sit me um, a DM or something and I'll make sure I can help you as much as possible. For right now, I don't have any clients. I'm not accepting clients until the summer. So I do have a little bit more freedom now than I probably will in the next few months. So if you DM me or if you ask me something, I'll try my best to get these things out to you. This is our episode for this week. Thank you for always tuning in. Thank you for always being responsive. Thank you for always giving me your feedback. And I'll see you next week on episode seven. We're doing a Mother's Day special. So you'll hear my mom and my sister and my brother. It should be fun. See you guys next week. Bye. You've been listening to The Regulators Weekly. Learning how discovering ourselves is the key to success. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had fun. Make sure to like, subscribe, share, leave a review, and join us again next week. This is The Regulators. Your access has been granted. Regulators! Mount up.